Welcome to Heart Church. We believe the gospel has the power to change your whole life, all your life. We hope you're ready to hear from God and be impacted by this message. It's a powerful song, but it's an even more powerful truth. It's a powerful truth to know, to know that the Lord is my shepherd. Um, what I'm going to share with you today kind of flows on from last week and kind of doesn't um, all at the same time. Um, those of you who are visiting, um, we, on our Vision Sunday a couple of weeks ago, we, we spoke about the ABC of WOW. And we talked about anointing, beauty, and creativity. And yeah, uh, that, that's still available on our website. If you want to go and hear what we uh, shared uh, on that day, then that is available on our website. It's about a, a 45 minute presentation. One of the things that I, I talked about as part of that was our need for the anointing. Our need for the, the presence of God. I need His presence. I need His presence. And we're not, we're not meant to walk this walk without His presence. We, we're not, what we're doing is, is not supposed to just be going through the motions. And I, I'm not going to buy into something that, that goes through all the motions, seems to do all the right things. But we, we need, we need to have encounter with a living God. The Spirit of God wants to meet with us, wants to touch us, wants to, wants to heal us. Some of you, many of you, I hope, will have received our vision booklets. And uh, if you haven't had one, you call this place home and, and you haven't had one, they uh, may still be available at the, at the hello point. But in, in that booklet, I talk about something that I actually was inspired about when we went to Hillsong Conference last year where a great preacher called Jensen Franklin talked about the seventh hand, and he, he, he is essentially talking about the presence of God. That they, the, 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 let me say it this way unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. You, you, can, you can do the work, but, but, but we need the oil. We need the oil of His presence. I need the oil of His presence, not only on a Sunday, but I need the oil of His presence every single day to know that He is, to know that He is with me. I say that because we have to also acknowledge the fact that it doesn't always feel. Do we have any real people in church? It doesn't always feel like He is with us, but we know that He's with us because our walk is by faith. It's not by sight. Paul said that we don't just need wise and persuasive words. 
We need a demonstration of the Spirit's power. We, we, we live in a day and age where we, more than ever, we need to see God move. We need to see God move in individual lives. We need to see God move in community. The presence of the Lord brings liberty. 2 Corinthians 3.17, now the Lord is that Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, there is freedom. The Spirit of God does not bring us into bondage, the Spirit of God brings us into freedom. The presence of the Lord brings strength and assurance. Deuteronomy 31 verse 8 says that the Lord Himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. The presence of the Lord brings joy. Psalm 16 verse 11, You make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Joy in your presence. This is not my subject today, but just feel prompted uh, as I'm talking to you to say that joy is not just an optional extra. It is a mark of those who follow the Lord. We, the, a, a joy that is, is beyond, as it were, uh, just frivolity. It's, it's a joy that is, is deep but recognizable. It's living from a place of peace. It's living from a place of joy. It's, it's, it's something that will mark us out from the crowd. That's what, that's what it is to follow Jesus, to, to, to have that joy in our lives. And, and to understand that if I'm going to truly, truly engage with the, the presence of God, then something needs to happen in my heart and something needs to happen between my ears. I'm going to say that again. If I'm going to truly engage with the Spirit of God, something needs to happen in my heart and something needs to happen between my ears. Something needs to happen in my brain. I need to think in a different way. Thank you for those two people who agreed with that. And I think that we need to understand how even when we come to engage with a, with a moment with a moment like this. Um, see, if, if, if you're going to view this as just a man coming with a motivational message, then that's probably what you'll leave with. Nothing against motivational messages. Motivation has its place. But the thing about motivation is you've got to keep coming back to be motivated. If, all, if you're only living of motivation. So if I am... If I am just a man with a motivational message, then I will give you something for the moment. It will encourage you in the moment, but it is short-lived. It will be gone in a moment. It will evaporate. It doesn't last. But then, if you see this moment as someone the Spirit of God is using, empowered by the Holy Spirit, 
This is a moment where you have come to get a word from God for your life, for a situation that you are facing. Then if you can lean in with a heart of expectation, if you can lean in, and, and then God will use a word. He'll use a phrase. He'll, he'll use a story. He'll use any part of it to get a message to you that will lift your spirit and feed your soul. And who knows, someone might leave with their life changed because that is the power of the Word of God. So this, this moment is much more about participation than it is about presentation. I'm not just here to give you a lecture, a motivational speech. This is a moment of engagement where together we listen to the Spirit of God and we allow Him to speak to us. Today, I've, I've come as a man on a mission. I know that the Lord has given me some specific things that I need to go for in the Spirit. So you need to put your seatbelts on. You need to put your seatbelt on because God is wanting to do something in this place. Some, I truly believe that some people are going to get a breakthrough today. Some people are going to get a breakthrough in their life. Not just a nice little breakthrough, something that's going to change the way you think, change your heart, change your attitude. Why? Because the anointing breaks the yoke. It's not shouting. Nothing wrong with raising your voice with passion every now and again. I've been known to do it. But it's to do, it's to do with the anointing. It's the anointing that makes a difference. It's His presence. The presence of God. It's an understanding that as He uses me today, He has permission to do whatever He wants to do. To walk up and down the aisles and the rows of this room. He knows exactly who you are. He knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly what to say. And He knows exactly how to say it in a way that you need to hear it. I felt the Lord speak to me from the account of Daniel. And I'm going to read, I'm going to read some verses from the Daniel chapter 6. And... Uh, and then I'll let you know what he said to me. Daniel 6, verses 1 to 23 says, It, it pleased Darius to appoint 120 satraps, which are governors basically, governors administrators, to, to rule the kingdom with three administrators over them, one of whom was Daniel. The satraps were made accountable to them so the king might not suffer loss. Now Daniel was so distinguished, so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. At this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against him. See, you need to understand that uh, favor isn't always popular with everybody. 
We believe for favor from God. But there's not everybody happy you got that promotion, you know. Promotion doesn't come from the east or the west. It comes from the Lord. But not everybody is wanting you to be promoted. They might smile and they might shake your hand. These people were around Daniel. They were smiling. They were, but they were jealous of what was happening in his life. So they found grounds, verse 4, charges against Daniel in the conduct of his government affairs, for they were unable, but they were unable to do so. My God, may that be true of us. They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy and neither corrupt nor negligent. My God, what? We, I mean, we could stop there. What, what would it be if that could be said of us in our working environments that we were trustworthy and we were neither corrupt nor negligent? Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and said, may King Darius live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce that, the decree that anyone who prays to any god shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, your majesty, issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. And now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, I love this. He went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened toward Jerusalem. And three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to God, just as he had done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Did you not publish a decree that during the next 30 days, anyone who prays to any God or human being except for you, your majesty, would be thrown into the lion's den? The king answered, the decree stands in accordance with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. And they said to the king, Daniel, Daniel, who is one of the exiles from Judah, pays no attention to you. Your majesty, or to the decree that you put in writing, he still prays three times a day. And when the king heard this, he was greatly distressed and he was determined to rescue Daniel and made every effort until sundown to save him. And then the man went as a group to King Darius and said to him, Remember, your majesty, that according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, no decree or edict that the king issues can be changed. So the king gave the order and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. And the king said to Daniel, may your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. And a stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his signet ring and with the, the rings of the nobles so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and he went, spent the night without eating and without any entertainment being brought to him. And he could not sleep. And at the first light of dawn, the king got up and hurried to the lion's den. And when he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions? And Daniel answered, may the king live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the lion's mouth. They have not hurt me. 
because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I done any wrong before you, your majesty. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. Amen. Amen. Come on. It's a great story. It's true. I did feel, I did feel, I just wanted to say this is nothing to do with what I wanted to preach, but I felt when I read that verse, a stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. I wanted to say, I just feel that someone needs to know that even though those official papers may have been signed, even though it has been stamped, it is not man that decides your situation. It is not man that decides your future. God decides your future. They may have stamped it. They may have signed it. They may have sealed it and delivered it. But it is God who decides your future, not man. First thing I want to say is Daniel proves that when you stay close to God, when you stay close to God, nothing can take your life prematurely. When you stay close to God, nothing can take your life prematurely. Now, I want to say this, that every one of us have a lot of time on the earth. And longevity, as has been said, has its place. But all the days ordained for me were written in his book before one of them came to be. So I believe that I've gotten a lot of day, a set of days. We've all got an allotted set of days. We live, we live in times where all of us would love for those days to be long. But we have to understand that as followers of Jesus Christ, my life is not my own. My life belongs to Him. And some will live long and some will, will live short, but we want to believe that we will all live to the glory of God. We will all live effectively on the earth. And I, you know, I'm not saying that everybody's going to live to be in their hundreds, but what I'm saying that, that I don't believe, as, as I live close to God, According to the allotted days that he has given me that I believe are predetermined. I believe my times are in his hands. And nothing and no one can take me out of this earth prematurely. Daniel proves that, that what could have killed me won't, won't kill me. What should have killed me won't kill me. I've come to tell you that, that whatever it is, it won't kill you. Jesus died on a cross to deal with the fear of death. He died on a cross to deal with the fear of death. It's well understood that we are the only species on the face of the earth to understand that one day we will die. But we have to recognize as well that, that the, <laughs> I, I, I don't want to live trying not to die. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's, living is not, it's just trying not, trying not to die. It's to, it's to live in the way that God wants me to live. God does not want us to live afraid of death. 
I, don't, I do not want to leave this earth once, one nanosecond before it is time. Because there's a lot to be done. There's a lot of work to be done. But I want us to understand that, that, that we, we have a hope. Heaven is our hope. We understand that, that in saying Jesus, and, and, and there are probably, you know, I can't help but talk about how God wants life on earth to be full and effective. I believe that he wants to impact uh, on uh, 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 our, our time on earth. I don't believe just in pie in the sky when I die. I believe that, you know, that, that, that God wants me to live well on the earth. But I also want us to understand that, 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 that heaven is our resting place. That, that, that we, we understand that, that by receiving Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, I will live forever in His presence. Where, O oh death, is your victory? Where, O oh death, is your sting? God does not want me to live my life fearing death. He wants me to understand that I have life and strength. The fact I had strength to get out of bed this morning, the fact that I've got breath in my lungs, whatever, whatever there is a plan, wherever there is a purpose for my life on this earth, nothing and no one in Jesus' name can take it from me. And I, I feel that God has sent me today to... To, to pray over a few things. One of, one of them, that there are, there are people here who fear dying young. You don't talk about it. It's not the kind of thing that comes out over coffee. But there's this thing that comes to make you afraid that, that you're gonna die prematurely. You're gonna die young. I'm gonna tell you the devil is a liar. This morning, I want us to understand not just who we are, but whose we are, who we belong to. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And he has given me authority and he has given me faith to rise up. We don't wanna just sing that the Lord is my shepherd. We wanna understand. I wanna walk with that kind of confidence. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. In the name of Jesus, it is that kind of confidence. It is that kind of boldness. Every one of us knows that we have got a predetermined number of days on this earth, but God does not want us to live filled with fear. He wants us to live filled with boldness and confidence, knowing that I do not walk alone because my God walks with me. I will not be afraid. This morning, this morning, somebody needs to look the lion of cancer in the face and say, you can't have me. You can't have me. I don't belong to you. I never belong to you. I am not yours. I belong to the lion of the tribe of Judah. I belong to Jesus. He is the King of kings. He is the Prince of peace. I Look the lion of cancer in the face and I say, you can't have me. 
I don't belong to you. You may have had my grandmother. You may have had my father. You may have had my brother, but you ain't having me because I belong to Jesus. And you won't have me and you won't have my children. We look at that hereditary heart condition and say, in Jesus' name, you can't, you can't, death, you can't have me. You can't have me. Because it's not, only, it's not only this heart that keeps me alive. It's not only these lungs that keep me alive. It's the, it's the Spirit of God. It's the, it's the presence of God in me. Now listen, don't get me wrong. Because some of us could make some wiser choices in the way we live. Oh, it's, 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 it is about the Spirit of God, but, but some of us need to understand we could make some wiser choices about how we look after our physical body and how we look after our emotional welfare. I wish I had time. I wish I had time today. I don't expect you to say amen and all that because what we do is we love to just, maybe it all can be fixed with a prayer. Maybe it all can be fixed with a prayer, but let me tell you something. It's about faith and works. And all I'm saying is someone, someone, someone could make some wiser choices. Turn to someone and say he's talking to you because then it'll take, it'll take it away from you. No one will be looking. The lions, the lions of sickness may have taken family members prematurely. But in Jesus' name, I speak over my life and I speak over my heart and I speak over my family that I will live a full life. I will live by faith to a ripe old age. I will not fall and I will not fail and I will live to give glory to God. I speak over my mind. Alzheimer's, you can't have me. Dementia, you can't have me. Because why? He anoints my head with oil. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Oh, I'm going to say that again. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and a sound mind. Alzheimer's, you can't have me. You may have had that family member. You may have had my uncles. You may have had my aunts. In Jesus' name, you're not having me. I will live my life with a sound mind, a sound mind. Depression, depression, you're not gonna have me. You're not gonna have me. Anxiety, you're not gonna rule my life. You're not gonna rule my life. Depression, you're not gonna rule my life. God, you are renewing my mind. 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 So this is our first stop. First stop, I wanna pray. You can respond how you want to. But I wanna pray that those lions that would seek to bring premature death in the name of Jesus, they're not gonna have me and they're not gonna have you. The devil is a liar. I don't know who, what he's been whispering in your ear. I don't know what he's been telling you about your future. I don't know what he's been telling you about your mind or about your body or about your children or about your wife or about your husband. But I'm here to tell you that your life does not belong to sickness. Your life belongs to Jesus. And in his name, he will help you stand tall and overcome.
So I'm going to pray. If you want to stand, stand. If you want to sit, sit. If you want to kneel, kneel. But respond to God, however you want to God. But for God's sake, don't just do nothing. There is a war on. There is a war on. There is a war on for you. There is a war on for your health. There is a war on for your future. And in Jesus' Name, we take our stand. I, I take my stand in the Name of Jesus against everything natural or spiritual, historic or hereditary that would seek to take your life prematurely. I break it now in the Name of Jesus. I take authority over cancer. I take authority over cancer in the Name of Jesus and I break its power right now in Jesus' Name. I take authority over those hereditary heart conditions. I take authority over those those, uh, malformed vessels in the Name of Jesus and I bind the spirit of sickness and death over your people now in the Name of Jesus and I speak life and health into their spirits in the Name of Jesus. You are not to be overcome because you are overcomers. You are not to be conquered because you are more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. God is giving you victory in your spirit. He is giving victory in your soul. Oh, in the Name of Jesus, I take authority over the fear associated with Alzheimer's and the fear associated with dementia. In the Name of Jesus, I rebuke that thing that would lie to our minds, that would lie to us about what our future might be. And I speak health and strength into you and prophesy over you that God is with you and His Spirit gives you power, love, and a sound mind, a sound mind, a sound mind, a sound mind. In the name of Jesus, a sound mind, a sound mind, a sound mind in this, in this atmosphere, depression, is melting away. Oh, Yakumasiata. Anxiety is melting away. Yosaka yeti. There's someone with eating disorders in the room. You have an eating disorder. No one knows about it. You don't talk about it, but God knows. And if you can believe it right now, He's bringing healing. He's, he's taking away the fear and He's giving you a sound mind. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we say thank you, Lord. We say thank you. We say thank you. God bless you. You may be seated. You may be seated. He is here. He's at work. What I love is that when Daniel, when the king woke up, I've got way too much message for the, ta- the allotted time. I just want to say, you know, even when the most powerful man in the land, in the world probably at that time, can't save you, God can. He was the most powerful man on the face of the earth, but he couldn't save Daniel, but God can. God can. And my life is not in the hands of man. My life is in the hands of God. 
And I love it. He said, God himself sent an angel. He shut the lion's mouth. The Bible says the devil is like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. God has sent me to, to address the power of those negative words over your life. See, Daniel was in this predicament because of accusation. He was innocent, but he had been accused through jealousy. Those around him. And he proves to us that no matter what man says, no matter what man does, because he was innocent, man could not have his way. Man could not have his way. The Bible says that no undeserved curse can come to rest. There's a a scripture that in Revelation where it says, Then I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now have come the salvation and power of the kingdom of God and the authority of His Messiah. For the authority of His Messiah. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before God day and night has been hurled down. They triumphed over Him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. And I want to say that I believe that God wants me to come and address that which is the accuser of the brethren. There is a spirit that rises up with criticism and backbiting and gossip. Church, our unity will always be under attack. Our unity will always be under attack. Why? It's because when the brethren live together in unity, the Lord commands a blessing. The devil wants to rob us of a blessing. So our unity will always be under attack. That's not a seasonal thing. The enemy will always be looking for any chink. He will be looking to get you frustrated and annoyed and critical of one another. The accuser of the brethren will also attack us personally with fear and condemnation and shame. The accuser of the brethren is the one who accuses us before heaven, before God in heaven. That's sometimes why we we find ourselves not able to worship. We find ourselves not able to pray as we would want to because we are carrying shame and condemnation in our heart. We are remembering our sin and forgetting what Jesus has done on the cross. And I've come to remind you this morning of what 
what Jesus did. We need to understand that that, 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 that condemnation does not come from the Lord. I'm, I'm preaching to somebody. If you are sat here today under the spirit of condemnation, you need to understand that our God does not give us a spirit of condemnation. He does not pour condemnation on our lives. God may convict us and give us hope and show us the way to freedom, but God does not sit there condemning us, telling us how bad we are, telling us how awful we are, telling us how we're never going to make it, tell us how we're always going to be a failure, whispering in our ears, saying, oh, what would people say if they knew? What would people say if they knew that about your life? What would people say if they knew what you were doing last week? What would people say if they knew what you were doing last week? Well, I don't know what people would say, but what I know is what God will say. God says, I love you. I forgive you. Oh, he might say that I've got a better plan for you. But he doesn't, he, he does not withdraw his love. He does not withdraw his comfort. He draws close. He is not here for you to be isolated. He's here to give you hope and freedom. And these scriptures empower us. You see, it's not when I say, when I'm dealing with the accuser of the brethren, the Bible gives us a specific recipe. He's, he's not saying, it's not just that I walk around saying, oh, you know, get away devil, get away devil, get away devil. I, I, I cannot overcome that in my own strength. The Bible says, for the accuser of the brethren, the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before God in day and night have been hurled down. They, who's they? Us. Triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb. What's the blood of the Lamb? It's what Jesus did for us on the cross. It's, it's a battle we don't have to fight because He's already won it. When Jesus said, it is finished, it is finished. He has paid for your sin. He has paid for your failure. He has paid for your condemnation. He has paid for your mistakes. He has paid for the things that you shouldn't have done and you have done. He has paid the price. He paid it with His blood. That's why I can say, I am a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. Greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world because of what Jesus did on the cross. So I overcome Him by the blood of the Lamb. But He also says that I overcome Him by the Word of my testimony. If my wife was here right now, she'd be saying that's why everyone should keep a journal. Because we, we, we need to remember, I keep a journal. I write stuff down because on those days when God feels a million miles away and, I, I, and I'm finding it difficult to find a place of faith, I go back to what my journal says and I remind myself of what God did in that situation. I remind myself that I was in need and God provided. I remind, my, I remind myself of how I was sick and He healed me. I remind myself of how He got me through that situation and I thought it was impossible. God wants us not to confess our problem, but to confess our testimony. Sometimes God will protect us from the pit of lions. And sometimes God will protect us through the pit of lions. Either way, when all is said and done, we're gonna have a testimony. And your testimony 
is your ammunition for future battles. Okay, I'm gonna come and talk to you guys because these guys, I'm not sure they're understanding. When God gives you a testimony, it's ammunition for your future battles. It's how you deal with the accuser of the brethren. Oh devil, you don't understand. I was lost, but Jesus found me. Oh devil, I was on the edge, but Jesus pulled me back. My God, He has met my needs. He has healed my body. He has healed my mind. He saved my son. He saved my daughter. He saved my wife. He healed my husband. This is the power of the Gospel. This is the power of Jesus. I want to say to you today, that some of you, in order to shut the lion's mouth, you need to open yours. You need to just stop listening to the devil and you need to start confessing truth. When the devil tells you that you ain't gonna be well, when the devil tells you that you're not gonna come through this, you, you, you bring out that testimony and say, I, I came through that. And if I came through that, then I can come through this. If, if God made a way there, He can make a way now. Devil, you're a liar. If you can bring me through that circumstance, you can bring me through this circumstance. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Oh, is anything too hard for the Lord? There is nothing too hard for the Lord. Oh, touch, touch five people and say, He brought me through. He brought me through. He brought me through. He brought me through. I always marvel at the fact, I always marvel at the fact that Jesus, Jesus' resurrected body stood out its scars. Don't you find that amazing? That, that God raised Jesus from the dead, but He still had His scars. He didn't let go of his scars. Why? Because his scars told everybody, I've been through something. I've been through something, but I've come out the other side. These scars, they're not a sign of my wounding. They're a sign of my victory. They're a sign that I've come through. Oh, your scars are a testimony. Your scars are a testimony. I went through that, but I survived. I survived. Tell somebody, I survived. I survived. I made it true. They loved. They came against the accuser of their brethren with, with the blood of the Lamb, the word of their testimony, and they loved not their life unto death. Let me say it another way. They trusted God with their future. They trusted God with their future. I've come to remind you who's got you. I've come to remind you who you belong to this morning. The Lord is your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. Just say that to yourself. The Lord is my shepherd. He's got me. He's got me. He is with me. He is with me and He's equipped me 
when the devil comes with his lies, when the devil comes and tries to tell me what my future's gonna be, when he tries, tries to come and tell me that I'm gonna get sick or I'm gonna go out of my mind, when he, he tries and flashes pictures into our minds of, 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 of what our destiny may, might, might be, we need to rise up with a confidence that no, no, I don't belong to you and I don't belong to that. I belong to my Jesus. Oh my God, I thank you for the blood of the Lamb. I thank you for the blood of the Lamb. I thank you for the blood of the Lamb. And I have a testimony. I have a testimony. He brought me through. See, see, look at this scar. Look at, look at that scar. He brought me through. I wanna say, there are some people in this room who the enemy has tried to steal your reputation. I, I've come to tell you today, don't fight. God is the keeper of your reputation. God is the keeper of your reputation. Let them say what they want to. You just keep smiling and trusting Jesus. You keep smiling and, 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 and be pleasant and be nice. Drive them crazy because they can't understand why, you, why they're being so horrible and you're being so nice. Just, just, just keep being for Jesus. Let them say about you what they want to say because their rep, your reputation is not in your, their hands. Your reputation is in the hands of the Lord. I want to I wanna pray a prayer. I want to pray a prayer. I want to pray a prayer over those words that have been in your head, been, been in your mind, going round and round and round. The lies, the lies, the lies, the, those negative confessions, things that other people have said to you, things that you have said about yourself, things that you have said over yourself. Oh my God, if you know you need to respond, just respond to the Lord right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Father, by the power of your Spirit, I break the power of negative, abusive, damaging confessions over the life of your people. Oh my God, I'm gonna, I'm gonna declare that again right now. In Jesus' name, I break the power of negative, abusive, and damaging confessions over the lives of your people. Words that have come from their mouths and words that have come from the mouths of others. I say in the name of Jesus that though the power of those words, the power of those confessions are broken now in the name of Jesus. Father, we entrust our future and we entrust our destiny into the hands of God. We thank You, O oh God, that You are the one who holds the future. We, we shall not fear. We shall not be afraid because our God is with us and our God is for us and our God is an overcomer in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, there's victory, 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 victory in the name of Jesus, victory. Some of you have not been able to get the victory. You've not been able to get the victory. You've wanted to get the victory. You've wanted to get the victory, but you felt so beaten down and overcome and overwhelmed. But in Jesus' name, right now, I speak victory into your spirit, victory into your mind, victory into your soul, victory, 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 victory. In Jesus' name, I'm an overcomer. In Jesus' name, I'm an overcomer. And then speak it over yourself if you can. In Jesus' name, I'm an overcomer. In Jesus' name, I'm an overcomer. In Jesus' name, I will win. In Jesus' name, I will succeed. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. 
Oh my God, I thank You for the victory that's in the room. I thank You that situations and circumstances are gonna change, but most of all, I thank You that people are changing and those, those situations and circumstances will change because people have changed and their heart has changed and their attitude has changed. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, if you believe it, just give the Lord a clap offering right there. We thank You, Father. We thank You. Oh, You can do better than that. You can do better than that. You can do better than that. to the end of this message. We hope you've been challenged and inspired. Stay up to date with everything going on in the life of our church by checking out our social media. Just search Heart Church UK.